in case you missed it, my book Anatomy of Abundance hit the market and it is officially an Amazon bestseller. We couldn't have done it without your help. Thank you for being here and supporting me. If you haven't picked up your copy, pick it up today. Learn how to transcend the limits of scarcity and rewrite your life's narrative, transforming it into a story of boundless prosperity and fulfillment with Anatomy of Abundance. Join renowned author Petrina Wisdom and 16 Brilliant Minds on a Transformative Journey. Discover awe-inspiring narratives and empowering strategies to attain abundance in relationships, career, health, and wealth. Every purchase breathes life into a remarkable cause, donating book proceeds to the Shine Organization. Shine Organization empowers sex trafficking survivors to break free from scarcity, fear, and past traumas, and boldly create their own unique path to abundance through entrepreneurship. Buy your copy today. You're listening to Fuck Being Stuck, the podcast where we spotlight women who've gone from managing to mastering life's challenges and the badass practitioners that are changing the way we heal. I'm Dr. Sabrina Nicole, psychologist, coach, author, and speaker. But more importantly, I'm a woman who had my own journey to mastering chronic pain. You don't need to be stuck anymore. Fuck that. I'm so excited you're joining me today. Today's episode is all about healing. It's about healing our nervous systems, chronic pain, eating disorders, and the impact of that subconscious mind on our state of being. With me today is my guest, Dr. Kelly Kessler. She's a licensed physical therapist, wellness coach, and host of the podcast, Rewiring Health, and owner of Optimal You Health and Wellness, LLC. Kelly teaches women who have a history of an eating disorder how to regulate their nervous system to achieve relief from chronic pain through her signature method, Eating Disorder Pain Solutions. Inspired by her own journey of recovering from an eating disorder and chronic back pain, Kelly has helped many women harness their profound ability to shift from survival mode to thriving. Kelly uses an integrative approach to healing, including a personalized audit, education, community support, and actionable steps to create long-lasting results. Welcome, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Yes. And I love that you're a physical therapist. I hold physical therapists dear to my heart because I have I have my go-to physical therapist that I will always turn to no matter what problem I had. He always had some answers You for have me. a good one to keep it. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. it wasn't all about medication. He was like, no, let's let's work through this. So I love that you're here. And I love how you've really drilled down your specialty within physical therapy well, to help you. women. So Absolutely. please share with us a little bit of your story, your journey, and how you ended up rewiring your own health and now helping others do the same. Absolutely. So yeah, it was never like my long-term plan to be doing this today, but it kind of found me. So it started really my late teens, early 20s. I had an eating disorder for nearly six uh, years. And the nature of my eating disorder was that I would exercise excessively. I was an athlete, so I honestly didn't even know I had an eating disorder at the time. I was just training. Uh, I was a collegiate athlete, so I was just doing the trainings and I'm a perfectionist too. So I would push myself harder and harder because nothing I did felt like I would make me feel good enough. So I was always just pushing myself to the next level because I'm like, okay, if I keep doing this, then I'll finally feel whole. 
And that was kind of the driving force. There was always this like emptiness within me that I felt like I could fill by doing more and pushing myself harder. And so, you know, throughout college, while everyone was going out to the bars and drinking at night, I was out running campus because that's just what I did. And, you know, I wake up in the morning, eat breakfast, I would go out for a run, eat lunch, go out for a run, dinner, out for a run, lift throughout the day, 3am I was running campus. So I was exercising excessively. And in conjunction with that, I was also eating excessively. So I was, you know, I would plow through two bags of like chocolate chips. And then I would have this like overwhelming, like guilt and shame of like, what did you just do? Like you have no self-control. And, and then, you know, that's what I felt at the time. I recognize what more of what was going on now, but then I would be like, okay, now you have to go run. You got to go pay for that. So that was this vicious cycle. I lived for years and it got so far out of control, just progressively got worse that it got to a point where I felt where I felt like I couldn't control the eating with exercise alone. And then I started vomiting to control the calories. And that was really the point at which I realized I had more going on than I understood. Because again, I just thought I was pushing myself as an athlete that whole time. But it was really like that moment where like, okay, this is I have a problem, you know, but, wow. but I, anyone who's gone through an eating disorder, when you're in the thick of it, you don't want to admit that you have that. You don't want anybody to tell you to stop because like I protected my eating disorder. I did not want anyone to say like, you need to, you need help. So I was very secretive. That was like my identity. I identified as that was everything, you know, and I would put social things, everything aside for the eating disorder. Like I can't go out. I have to go exercise. I can't do this. I have to go exercise. And so that consumed my life for years and um, eventually kind of baby stepped my way out of that after several years of like setbacks and the whole roller coaster ride of recovery. And then I found myself near when I was like 25 in a place of having extreme back pain. And you know, it was just frustrating because I'm like in my mid 20s, I couldn't stand up right. I was stopping several times on my hour commute to work just to get out and stretch. I couldn't sleep at night. Tying my shoes was a battle. And so I was kind of freaking out because I'm like, I'm 25. I shouldn't be having this kind of pain. So I went to like several practitioners. I had an x-ray of my spine done. And I remember the specific moment because it made me feel very like hopeless. Like I got this x-ray and they're like, well, your L4, L5 disc height um, is about half of what it should be for a 25 year old. And this is before I like went to PT school. I didn't really understand everything. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? Like, does that improve? And it doesn't, it just degenerates progressively as you get older. And they're like, no, that'll only kind of get worse. So that was like where I left and didn't really, you know, I'm just like, okay, well then I feel like I have no answers. Like I was, you know, going and then I would feel better for about five seconds and the pain would come right back. And it was just, again, this vicious cycle. And I fast forward, go to PT school and I'm like, okay, now I'll finally know how I can help myself and put myself through the stretching regimen, the strengthening regimen, manipulations, like you name it. I was doing everything orthopedic that I could think of. And my husband is a physical therapist, so he was helping me and I still had the pain. And I'm like, this is crazy. Like, I guess I'm just, I will never heal. You know, I really felt like that. And I remember just feeling like, okay, this is my Achilles heel. I always just viewed my back as always going to be this thing that is always going to be in the background, hindering me from what I want to do because I'm a very active person. And I remember sitting, I was watching, um, I, I found this just scrolling through Netflix. I found this documentary called Heal. And in it, I, I know, I just, I love this documentary. And it was like so eye opening to me because like I knew about the nervous system, but I never really started putting things together for myself where I'm like, 
holy, this is the issue. Like I never actually healed. I was still dealing with all the emotional trauma and all the stuff I had gone through from my eating disorder. And even though I wasn't acting on those behaviors anymore, I still had a lot of baggage I was carrying around emotionally, mentally, and my nervous system was feeling that. And that was the root of my pain. The modern world bombards our brains with an overwhelming amount of inputs and stressors. Our brains are struggling to adapt. A lack of brain balance means many of us are anxious, looking for energy in the wrong places, and struggling to get a good night's sleep. The solution is BrainTap. BrainTap combines a variety of proven methods that restore balance to your brain for optimal performance of mind and body. This technology communicates directly with your brain so you don't have to do anything. Simply sit back, relax, and push play. Central to BrainTap technology is the concept of brainwave entrainment. The brain will naturally synchronize with external rhythms. And several modalities are used to accomplish this, including binaural beats, isochronic tones, guided visualization, 10-cycle holographic music, and with the BrainTap headset, you'll have the added benefit of light frequencies. The overall benefits of BrainTap include improved clarity, improved quality of sleep, and more energy. Start your brain fitness journey today with a 14-day free trial. Click on the link in the show notes. Once I had that epiphany, I'm like, you know, that same determination that kept me in my eating disorder was the same determination that I was like, I'm going to figure this out. And so I dove in and I learned everything I could. I learned about, you know, breath work, vagus nerve. I learned about the visual system, you know, uh, tapping. Like I literally just dove into everything I could, ima- you know, figure out what I could do for myself, subconscious mind. And I integrated that into my daily life. And it was like the door was like cracking open. And I was starting to feel like a little bit of relief. And that was like, this is working. And that was all I needed to keep myself going. And it's like, dove in and, you know, went hard. And this has been my daily routine and worked through a lot of the things I'm still working through. It's an, it's an ongoing process, but I am speaking to you today with absolutely no back pain and picking my kids up. I'm running, biking, lifting, I've done triathlons, like I'm back to myself and I, and I just love it. So. And I feel that I feel the freedom in your, you know, in your voice, like you just, you unlock the door, like you found the right key you know, all those little breadcrumbs that will heal. If anybody hasn't seen that on um, Netflix, please watch it. It, It's eye opening, eye opening. Um, And that was, I went through the same thing that you described. I was trying EFT, acupuncture. I tried anything I could. I learned how to do the breath and I learned, you know, how to, how to meditate, how to settle my body down because I realized I was so dysregulated. Many people have heard the book, The Body Keeps the Score. Yeah. Like, you know, even though we're not conscious of it, it's it's there. The trauma is in our bodies and we have to find a way to release it or it's going to show itself and manifest itself. Mm-hmm. My issue was pain as well. You know, it was neck pain and it impacted the use of my left hand. I couldn't move my fingers. So I think once you're facing something where you feel like helpless, you know, and you lose hope, and then you finally see something that has a possibility to work. You're just like, fuck it. Like, what do I have to lose at this point? Yes. I'm already at my Amen. worst point. What do I have to yeah. lose? Let me just 
try it, even though it sounds off the wall, ridiculous. And the, even my own doctor told me it's not going to work. Whatever you're trying is not going to work. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a little fire under me to be like, I'm about to show her ass up right now. <laughs> I'm going to work this out. <laughs> I'm about yes. to work this out. Yeah. You're like, you don't know what I'm capable of. <laughs> I was like, oh, she don't know. I'm going to realize what I'm capable of. And then I'm going to show her. Mm-hmm. So I think it's so yes. important to be able to just self-reflect, you know, and just increase our awareness Yeah, of what the trigger is. You know, we got to increase our awareness. Yeah. It's like bringing a flashlight to your life and you're like, oh my gosh, I was living in darkness all this time. And it's like, now that I can start seeing things clearly, it's like, I want to see everything. And what can I do with that? And it's almost like Mm -hmm. it becomes so normal that it becomes us. And then when this light comes on, you're like, wait, I was actually living like that. Like, and I didn't have to. Yes. That's, that's like when I tell this story, I've, I've said it many times on, on podcasts and I like tell it and I'm like, I almost feel like I'm telling a story of someone else because that person who that was is so far, I'm so far removed from who that girl was now because I've done so much healing that like I describe my life then and I'm like, wow, I really did that. You know, it's like, it's just, it's hard to wrap your head around that. It's like you lived like that day in and day out. And you're like, man, it's it's crazy when you, you kind of are on the other side of things, you can see it for what it really was. Yeah, it's very eye opening. At what point did you reveal to friends and family the secret that you were keeping? Yeah, so it took me years. I like kind of crazy is like when I started, I when I started my business in 2020, I loved working with people with chronic pain because so many people I've like all my patients I work with, like they're, they were where I was like desperate, hopeless, like feeling like they just want answers and they're getting the runaround. So I felt like, I'm like, this is my, this is where I belong, you know? Cause I just like my heart felt for these people. And then I'm like, you know what, where can I kind of go? Because like I was going a route that didn't really resonate with me. And I'm like, I need to give it a little bit because some of the, the direction I was going wasn't fitting me. And then I'm like, okay, what have I gone through that I can help people with? Then it was the pain. But then I'm like, okay, I think, you know, that eating disorder component, like realizing for myself, how big of a complexity that was having both. I'm like, these are the people I need to help because this is what I've been through. And this is where I need to go. And so it really was that moment when I am like, okay, this is where I'm taking my business that I was like, I need to disclose this. And I did, I I mean, I look back and I'm like, oh, it's almost like cringeworthy because it was like one of my first social media posts discussing this, but I actually made a video and posted it online. And I was like, here it is, you know? So I had disclosed to a couple close people earlier, but really only like two people, two or three people knew about the eating disorder. And then I was like, here it is. I was just completely out in the open. It's online. I'm like, I can't take it back. And it was like, honestly, the extra little bit of healing I needed. I didn't realize that like holding that in and just making that a, a kept secret really was doing me a disservice. So honestly feeling like, okay, this is my story. It, 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 here it is, you know, and I'm, I'm going to wear it proudly because I've grown past that. And it really, like I got people reaching out, like I had no idea. And it's, that's how secretive it was. I have people who I was seeing daily back then that had absolutely no idea this is what I was going through because I was very good at showing a front of like, this is Kelly, the athlete, Kelly, I work hard, you know, I'm determined, but then like, and I would always smile. People always call me smiley, but I knew deep down inside that smile was just a facade. Like I was, I was hurting inside. I really was. And I, this, I was very good at separating what the world saw 
from what I was feeling. And so now decreasing that space between what people saw and what I truly was really was very liberating for me. So yeah, it was honestly within the last last three years, I, I had come open about that. Wow. And that really, by sharing, you just gave so many more people permission. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, you gave them a voice that they probably didn't use to share their own story about their own journey um, with eating disorders right. or with chronic pain. Yeah, it's yeah because I think so many with both that just suffer in solitude and think that they're alone in this and that they're the only one experiencing this kind of pain or this kind of eating disorder and and it's like when you hear more of these stories like I really wish podcasts and Instagram and social networks were around when I was going through it because I feel like I never once heard people like I it was in the textbooks. This is what anorexia is. This is what bulimia is. And that was the only exposure I had to like, okay, it exists. But what are like, who are the faces that are experiencing it? So having platforms like this, where you can just be open and say, like, you know, I'm, I'm so I'm real human. And this is what I went through. And it's tough. And I'm here you and you will get through it. And it just inspires hope for people to realize this doesn't have to be forever. Wow. I think that's great. So t- tell me some of the things that you do to to regulate your nervous system. Like, what do you, what's your regimen daily? Because it, it is about maintenance too. Like, y- yes, you have relief, but you want to maintain it. So what are some of the things you do to to maintain? Yeah, so um, my self-care program now, you know, for anyone listening who's like in the thick of pain, it's very different than when I was in the thick of it. So like when I'm explaining this, it's not that you have to jump full into like what I do today because it is very different. But I start every day out with a cold shower that is like a non-negotiable. So I hop in the shower. I do movement every single day. So I do either like gentle, like mindful movement, or I do lift or I run or I hike. So there's a, it's a wide variety of like gentle movement to like a little bit higher intensity movement, but I know what my body can tolerate now. So I'm, I'm more open to a little bit more intensity, which I would not recommend starting at that point. I write in my journal every night. So I recognize things I'm grateful for. I just write down things that I struggled with that day just to put it on paper. So I do that. I read personal development or listen to podcasts every single day. So I spend a significant amount of time doing that every single day. And that that has been a huge game changer for me for changing my inner dialogue. I do... I, I, it's a, a meditation visualization. And that's really for my subconscious mind. Um, every single day. So I take a moment, kind of get myself into a different mind space. And then I just dream. So I just dream of what my ideal life would look like. And, and I feel it. And I, I try to attach the emotions to that. Like, what would that be like? What would that experience look like? You know, I try to make it as real in my head. Because, again, I know I was such and, and we all are, I think, to some extent, we're all wired to be negative with so many things in our life and think that the worst case scenario. So giving myself those moments of being like, let me dream about the best case scenario and, and start integrating that into my subconscious. That has just been like, you feel different after and I just love that. I'm like, okay, it feels like, you know, you feel lighter. And so that's part of my routine as well. And then it depends on the day. Like, you know, some days if I'm having a harder day, I'll add, you know, I do breath work every day, but I'll add more in. But breath work is kind of one of those things that I do throughout the day. So if I'm like stressed about something, I'll just take a, take a moment to do some breath. You know, that is, you know, not necessarily one of the bookends of my day, but it's just kind of throughout the day. And same thing with like visual exercises, same thing with like vagus nerve exercises. So I just kind of build those in as I need them throughout the day. 
Yeah. I'd like for you to talk more about the breath work and the vagus nerve, explain to people what it really is mm-hmm. and how they can start to incorporate yeah. that. Yeah, sure. So um, the big thing I'll just kind of explain, because I'm a big science-based person, like, you know, I need to know that there's a real reason why things are working. So the meaning behind things gives me reason to do it. So for me, I, I definitely do my research on everything I add in, but breath work and the vagus nerve are all integrated with the autonomic nervous system. So our autonomic nervous system is basically our operating system. It's what controls all our organ functions. So it goes, you know, it controls breath, heart rate, blood pressure, reproductive system, digestion, hormones, basically every system in your body that you don't really have to think about that we just take for granted, it's controlling that. So when we're in a stress response, we get that sympathetic response, which is that fight, fight, or freeze. So what happens is that our systems all go into like hyperdrive and we get into this like survival mode, which is okay if we actually have a short-term threat. But the problem is that so many people are, are living in survival mode for years or decades that our system never gets time to come back down to like baseline or that parasympathetic response. So breath and the vagus nerve are beautiful tools for allowing our system to get back down and start taking us off of that survival mode. Some things I do with breath is really, I mean, there's so many breath practices, but some that I like to do um, is a physiological sigh. So what you do is you take a deep breath in through your nose maximally. So you would take, and then just when you think you can't get more, take another little breath in, and then you do a slow exhale through your mouth. And doing that, I do, you know, six to 10 sets of those And I will, you will notice like a difference from the beginning to when you finish those sets and that you feel just like the tension kind of releases and you're not so wrapped up in what just happened or the stress that you're feeling. The vagus nerve, same thing. There's a lot of ways we can stimulate the vagus nerve, but it's our 10th cranial nerve. So, and it's the longest nerve in our body. It's called the wandering nerve, but it goes again, all through our organ systems. And one area it goes is right behind the ear. So what I like to do is just gently massage my neck area here. So I kind of separate my fingers, but I go in uh, in front of the ear and behind the ear and kind of just lift up and then gently massage here. So that's one way to stimulate it. Humming can stimulate it. Singing can stimulate it. Gargling. There's just so many ways, but you know, I could go on for days, but just stimulating those areas again is going to allow our system to to calm down. And now we can start thinking a little bit more logically, and then we can really kind of take it in a better direction. But those are things that I do when I'm feeling stressed or overwhelmed, Um, just really good tools to get me back to that kind of balanced state. And what I love is that it doesn't cost a thing. You know, you just have to learn the technique and just practice it, just make an attempt. Yes. Yeah, I always like the metaphor of uh, the Wizard of Oz with Dorothy, and she's trying to figure out her way to get home all the time, and yet she has her ruby slippers that whole time, and she didn't realize that she always was able to get home. She just didn't know that she had that within her, and it's the same thing with us. We always have this beautiful ability to get ourselves into a place of balance and feel like we're home and safe. But if we don't know how to use it, we won't know that we have that power within us. And and that's really what that is. And I so I always related to that because it's like you have your ruby slippers with you all the time. You just have to know how to use them. I love that. I love that. Learning how to come home to yourself and use what you mm-hmm. have. Yes. Needing to be reminded. And our bodies just reminding us all the time. We just don't listen. 
That's it. Yes, we have everything we need, you know, and that's the problem, I think, is that either we've, you know, we've been taught a lot of times, or we just don't understand that we, we don't always have to look outside ourselves to for someone to fix us or for the next, you know, big hack to get yourself in a place, you have everything you need within you, but we just have to be empowered enough to know how to use it and to understand that we're whole already. And that's the big thing. Wow. So talk a little bit about your business, Optimal You Health and Wellness. Sure. Yeah. So um, I help, again, women who uh, have had a history of eating disorder that experience chronic pain achieve relief. And um, so I'm an online business. I have a course that I offer. And then in conjunction with that, I offer group coaching sessions with that course. So it's a six-week course. And I basically take you through an audit of yourself and understanding what's causing this dysregulation. So is it your immediate environment, things you've experienced in the past, and what are the impacts of that? So I look at energy, sleep, sleep interruptions, ability to fall asleep, pain, catastrophization, pain interference. Again, I kind of look at the whole person. So what is what is your actual life looking like? So I don't say, okay, what number of pain are you at? Because whether you're at an eight or a 10, it's so arbitrary and it's not going to impact what your life is like. So I like to know how is your pain affecting your life? That's more important. I need to know, can you sleep at night? Can you be present for your kids? Can you go grocery shopping? Can you tie your shoes? Like, how is it actually affecting your life? That's what I care about more. So that's what I want. I help people realize, you know, okay, how is it impacting your life? What are you doing currently that's helping yourself? What has worked? What hasn't worked? And then how can we add things in there to get yourself into a better place? Because I've noticed from a lot of the clients I've had that many times we think we're doing the right thing by ourselves and it ends up just making things worse. So I had one woman, for instance, uh, she, I had asked her, what do you do currently to help yourself? And she had had chronic pain. It was mostly in her chest area and it would increase with stress. And I, you know, I was asking her, what are your mechanisms to help yourself feel better. And so she's like, well, I just go exercise. So she was, she had had an eating disorder and that was always her thing that she did was like, I'll go out and go for a run. And so I had to explain to her, like, while exercise is good, when you're in a flared up state like that, exercising to that extent is only perpetuating that fight, flight, or freeze response. So you're actually further dysregulating your nervous system, even though you think you're doing something good for yourself. So it's, you know, it's not that things are good and bad. Exercise is good in the right way in the right time. But she was using it at the wrong time, the wrong intensity, the wrong everything. And it was just making things worse and compounding the pain she was experiencing. So it's those things that, you know, sometimes we think we're doing right by ourselves and we don't even realize that we're actually making things worse for ourselves. So I help people realize what, what can we do different? And then let's get a program and actually implement it in a way that, you can live with the rest of your life. Because again, this is not a short term thing. This is a lifestyle change. Again, a lot of times I notice people feel like they have to overhaul their whole life to make a change. But I do it differently. Like what's the smallest thing you can do today? And then what's the smallest thing you can do tomorrow? And then what's the smallest thing you could do the next day? And all those little efforts compound to create a different reality for yourself. Because when we go too hard, too quick, we actually are just resisting that internally, and it's going to backfire. And that's the last thing that anybody needs who's in chronic pain. Wow. What's the smallest thing you can do to shift? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Great question. Because sometimes we think we have to go all in full steam to really make a change, but it really is just the little steps we take each day. 
Exactly. You just have to be 1% better than you were yesterday. That's it. Oh, I love that 1% better than the day before. Yeah. Um, so tell me how can guests reach out to you, follow you? Yeah. The best way to find me is uh, through my website. It's optimalyouhealthandwellness.com. I'm also on pretty much every social platform under Dr. Kelly Kessler, all one word. So I always love to for you know message me, send me whatever um, you know questions you have. I would love to hear from anyone who's listening. Okay, great. And all that information will be in the show notes. And Dr. Kelly, thank you so much for sharing your story and how that aligns to your your vision for your business, which I love. And I hope people are willing to take that first step and reach out to you if they need help. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed this conversation. Okay, that's it for today's episode, everyone. Please share this episode with a friend and send us a message. Thanks so much for tuning into Fuck Being Stuck, the podcast. Be sure to check out the show's notes for this episode on www.drsabrinanicole.com and follow us on social media. If you like this episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. We'll be back next week with more. See you then.